Welcome to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest swine nutrition research digested for you. Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast is only possible with the support and trust of innovative companies like Eastman Animal Nutrition. Visit EASTMAN.com. Heat stress can start at temps as low as 75 degrees. Combat heat stress with Chemtrace Chromium. Visit Chemin.com forward slash swine heat stress today. Alltech, providing you proven specialty ingredients to maximize pig health, sustainability, and profitability. Novus International Inc., a leader in swine nutrition solutions driven by science. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of piglet care. Fibro Animal Health Corporation. Healthy animals, healthy food, healthy world. Life Starts Swine, facilitated by Trow Nutrition. Distilled science and real-world advice for better on-farm decisions. My name is Clayton Chastain, your host for today's episode. Today we have with us Brenda Christensen, a PhD student at the University of Guelph. So Brenda, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, thanks, uh, thanks for having me on your podcast today. Um, yeah, so I did my undergrad in animal nutrition at the University of Guelph and then um, started my master's work with Dr. Leanne Huber, uh, looking at creek feeding and nursery diet complexity. And I actually just started my PhD program in January. Awesome. So I saw a recent study that you presented um, and it was talking about the creek feed form and mucosal enzyme activity. Can you dig into that a little bit? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so this was a, a pretty interesting study. We were looking at um, different creek feeding composition and form, as well as nursery diet complexities fed to offspring of first parody sows. Um, so five days post, uh, post Faro, we provided the litters with either a commercial creep feed, a liquid milk replacer, a pelleted milk replacer, or no creep feed. Um, the commercial creep feed was mainly composed of corn and fish meal, and the pelleted and liquid milk replacers had um, skim milk and whey powder, with the inclusion of corn in the pelleted milk replacer to assist with pelleting. Um, and these were provided until weaning at 21 days of age. At this point, pigs were either assigned to a high or a low nursery diet complexity. The high complexity diet is most similar to what's provided in industry now, with um, inclusions of corn and soybean meal, as well as fish meal and blood plasma, whereas the low complexity diet had mainly corn, soybean meal, and wheat. Um, these diets were provided until the end of the nursery period at 59 days of age. Um, we also took um, mucosal samples at 21 days, 28 and 59 days of age to look at the mucosal enzymes. Um, so some main findings for our growth performance, we found that those provided the liquid milk replacer were heavier at weaning, followed by the commercial creep feed with the pelleted and no uh, creep feed pigs actually weaned the lightest. However, once in the nursery period, creep feeding didn't really affect growth performance and the main effect of nursery diet complexity played the biggest role in improving growth such that those provided the high complexity nursery diets were heavier, had greater um, growth, greater feed intake and feed efficiency throughout the nursery period. So let's dive a little bit deeper into those mucosal enzymes because I was reading a little bit about the study. So did the creep feed affect the production of the mucosal enzymes as much as you expected? And since there were no 
differences amongst treatments at the end of the nursery period. Do you think the complexity of the diet had much of an influence on the expression of those enzymes? Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. Um, so in short, I was expecting a lot bigger differences attributed to those um, creepy compositions. Um, so there are two main reasons we expected differences in these enzyme activities. The first was um, just due to heavier weaning weights. So a heavier pig is more mature and would expect to have higher maltase and sucrase activities. Um, but we saw that the liquid milk replacer pigs were weaned over 300 grams heavier than those not provided creep feed. And still we didn't see differences in maltase, sucrase or lactase activities. The other reason we expected these enzymes to be altered, um, of course, is due to the composition of the creep feed, um, specifically due to different carbohydrate and protein sources. So for example, we expected that the commercial creep feed pigs would have greater maltase and sucrase activities with lower lactase activities compared to those not provided pre-feed, um, which we would expect to have higher lactase and lower maltase and sucrase activities. Um, however, this wasn't really the case as we saw minimal differences in enzyme activities between these creep-feeding treatments. Um, the one exception was the commercial creep-feed. That was the only uh, dietary treatment that the maltase-specific activity was not different between any of the sampling days, where all other dietary treatments had higher maltase activity at day 59 and lower at day 21 and 28. Um, and in terms of the interaction between the creep feed and nursery diet complexity, we expected that by providing plant-based carbohydrates prior to weaning would allow the pigs time to um, have higher maltase and sucrase activities by the time that they were weaned, so they would be better able to utilize those low-complexity nursery diets. Um, however, this wasn't really the case, and we see that reflected in the poor growth performance for those low-complexity pigs throughout the nursery period as well. Gotcha. Do you think that would have had a better response or a larger response if we took the pigs 28 days of weaning like they do in Europe? Because I know creep feeding is a lot more common there than it is in the US and that's part of the reason why. And do you think that could have like increased the beneficial effects of the creep feeding regimen and the enzyme activity expression? I think the differences that we found in this study um, would have definitely been more profound um, if we had weaned them a bit later. So perhaps the differences um, that we saw for the commercial creep feed, for example, maybe just stronger um, and perhaps a more severe growth lag for those pigs not provided creep feed, um, so lower enzyme activities at 28 days of age, perhaps due to um, greater villus atrophy at that time. So does your team plan to do any more research in this field? Um, so for creep feeding specifically, I think all of our research has been completed. Um, I will continue looking at uh, the post-weaning period and nutritional modifications to improve that, specifically without the use of antibiotics or zinc oxide. Um, however, most of my research team is actually looking at the sow side of things, um, specifically amino acid requirements in gestation and lactation. DSM can help you prepare, protect, and support resilience in your piglets. 
providing local swine expertise and complete tailor-made solutions to help you achieve your vision. DSM Animal Nutrition and Health is shaping the future of pig care. Gotcha. Yeah, I know you said that this didn't yield as large a result as you're expecting, but I like. The, I think this study did a good job at highlighting the importance of those complex nursery diets right after weaning, because we don't just do it necessarily for the increased palatability, but also to introduce them to soybean meal more slowly and to recognize that they can't officially digest those high starch ingredients as easily due to that low, ju- low jejunal disaccharidase activity. So a lot of those nutrients are wasted. And I think that did a great job at um, highlighting that, even though the enzymes weren't exactly at the levels that we were or you were expecting. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on and telling us about that study. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show. And to everyone else, thank you for listening to the Swine Nutrition Black Belt Podcast. Please visit us at swinenutritionblackbelt.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast channel so you won't miss out on the next episode. See you next week. Hey, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And we are constantly on the lookout for the latest updates in swine nutrition. And if you have a swine nutrition-related research trial that you would be able to share on our podcast, please send an email to nutritionblackbelt at swineit.com and we would love to talk about your research. See you later.